0: Would take a Bible and turn to Proverbs 1632. Proverbs 1632. Um, I mean, everybody knows now it's in the middle of the Bible. Just past Psalms. Proverbs 1632. If you're using the pew Bible, it's on page 460. Page 460. Word says, Better is a patient man than a warrior. A man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For as long as I've been paying attention in the world, it's been evident to me that we are a people who largely prize physical strength. Um, I was thinking about this past week um, when I would lay up late at night as a teenager watching television when I should have been asleep. My sister was out with her friends. My parents were in the bed. I would watch ESPN and late, you know, weird things come on ESPN late at night. Um, lumberjack competitions come on. Uh, strongman competitions come on. And I can remember laying there on my couch watching these guys who were just like enormous people, right? I mean, some of them not just like chiseled abs or anything, but big people. And they would do these incredible things like pick up big spheres. Have you seen this? They would just bend over and they'd like pick up this big sphere and they put it on this pedestal and they just keep going. And next sphere in line is going to be bigger and heavier than the one before. And I just remember watching and being like, man, these guys are incredible. And when I was in the youth group in my church growing up, I went to see something called the power team. Any of you fortunate enough to see the power team in their heyday? um the power team was really awesome it was these huge guys um, who also did like these incredible things and like of course they would do like small things like you know tear their shirts off or something but the things that they like rip phone books in half you know and we would just sit there and be like wow these guys are and then they would tell us about jesus after they did that stuff but it was interesting to, to grow up. And then like now, I mean, it kept going through high school. I played football. Believe it or not, I did play football. And you would do workouts, and they would have like shirts, you know, the 300 Club. You know, if you're strong enough to lift some amount of weight, 300 pounds. We'll just say that I probably never did. Keeps going like the NFL Combine when we watch it. The weight for bench press at the NFL Combine, do you know how much it is? 225. These men bench-press 225 multiple times to show how strong they are. Um, It would be at that point where I would stop going to the NFL combine (laughs) because I'd be like, sorry, I'm out. Can we, like, down the weight just a little bit? But it just keeps going that you and I live in a world that we celebrate physical strength and we kind of are, are wowed at these people that we watch do these incredible things usually um, athletically. And there's a a downside to that in that you and I can so prize and think that's such a a thing that we should aspire to, that we can focus on outward strength and outward fitness um, to the detriment of focusing on our hearts and really prizing things that are much harder than lifting some amount of weight some distance from the ground. In our passage today, we find out that we should actually praise people for being slow. Now some of you here are like, yes, my kind of race. <laughs> I might could win the slow race, like being praised for being slow. But he says here in Proverbs that, that it's better it's better to be slow to anger than to be strong better to be slow to anger than to be mighty. And he who rules his spirit um, is better than he who takes a city. Um, I want you to think about your past week, and I want you to think about whether or not you got angry about anything. And I want you to think about if you had a good week, when's the last time you were angry? <laughs> And what is it in you that causes you to be angry the most? Like if you kind of could pull apart all the circumstances and the scenarios, if you dig down into the heart of it, what is it that makes you angry? Where does that emotion come from? I heard from somebody this week that my sermon last week made them angry. Um, not because I asked them to drive the speed limit as a way to learn to submission, but that everybody else apparently heard that sermon and them driving slow made them angry. But usually anger flows from us in some way feeling offended by whoever did an act or said a thing that made us angry. That there is this personal offense that rises up in us that causes us to be angry maybe when we don't get the respect that we deserve or people don't acknowledge who we are. If you look over, Proverbs has four different passages that talks about the importance of being slow to anger. If you go over to Proverbs 19, verse 11, it says, "Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense." So you and I, usually we get angry when someone offends us. I was thinking about it this past week when I get angry, believe it or not. From time to time it happens. Like if I get angry with my children. And usually the root of my anger with them is bigger than if they like, I don't know, didn't make their bed or spilled something and didn't wipe it up. Or let me just, you know, like I I have a long list of things that make me angry as a parent. But if I pull it back, it's really at the heart of it. It is this, this sense that my Authority wasn't respected enough in the house to then lead to obedience. And it's that opposing me and my will that rises up in me, that causes me to be angry. And then when I don't control my anger, what happens? Usually I snap like the rubber band. First thing usually is my words. As I was thinking about being slow to anger this week, I couldn't help but think about the passage from James that talks about our tongues and James could say you know there's ships that are controlled by these little small rudders and they can just make them go any direction they want to and our tongues are these little small things in our bodies but you and I have the hardest time controlling our tongues especially when we're moved by anger Now, I'll confess to you, it was interesting after the first service, I was in the Narthex, and many people were saying, great sermon, great job, maybe one of the best. And the only reason people think a sermon on anger is good is that everybody in this room struggles with it. It It feels very practical and relevant to all of us. And I know in my own life, it's been that way. Um, I told the first service that I'm so glad that I didn't coach Little League sports in Mountain Brook before having the chance to be your pastor. That I was like off in some distant land that you didn't know me that well. Because your, when you're coaching Little League sports, there's a way to do it that the kids are kind of Irrelevant. They're just pawns in your bigger game, right? It's you and the coach across the way, and you can get angry when they don't do what you want in order to get the win or when the coach doesn't do something right or win the who. Who do we all blame in sports? Yeah, the umpire in baseball. Um, this morning I woke up, and I am guilty of using too many baseball illustrations. I admit it. But this morning I woke up, and I checked my ESPN app, And there's this thing that happened in the game last night where they called a balk. Game was tied. Guy was on third. They called a balk, which anybody who loves baseball will admit it's somewhat of a vague rule, anyways. Like some of the things we know are balks, some of the things we don't know are balks. But the guy committed a balk, and the winning run scored. And what do you think the pitcher did? Lost his mind. (laughs) He lost his mind. Everybody in the dugout lost their minds. And there was, in that moment, there's this kind of sense of like, well, that's a good and right and proper response. Sure, he should have lost his mind when someone made a mistake or didn't do things the way he thought they should be done. And we grow up and we are kind of so used to this world where we expect everybody else to be perfect and we expect everything to go right And we expect, though we wouldn't say it, everyone to yield to our will. And any time that we run into people who don't, that's when we get angry. I had a church league basketball game one time that I can still remember with such shame. This guy on the other team and I, for some reason, just didn't like each other very much. I didn't even know him. But over the course of the game, I didn't like him very much. And I look back on that incident and... I'm so embarrassed, and I'm so glad that none of you were there. That my anger at this person got the best of me, and I look back on it, and God was so gracious and merciful to me in that moment because from my memory, that guy probably could have done some 225 reps at the combine and like probably dismissed me very quickly. And I look back, and usually when I allow my anger to get the best of me, and to control my words, and to control my actions, usually there's a good sense of embarrassment that follows on the other side. But in that moment, I just lost perspective. In that moment, I lost my cool, and I allowed my anger to control my thoughts, and my words, and my actions in a way that that totally was inappropriate given the circumstances that I found myself in in that moment. Can you relate to that? Can you relate to, like, losing your temper and being angry in the moment, and then you just get, like, a little bit away from it, and you look back and you're like, that was kind of silly. It could be a little league game. It could be someone in traffic. It could be something deeper with you and your family that caused anger to then make you lose your control, and you did or thought or said something that you knew wasn't Christ-like. And so the writer of Proverbs is trying to help us by saying, "If you're slow to anger, you're better than the mighty. If you can rule your spirit, you're better than the one who can take a city." And as I was thinking about this passage this week, I was drawn to a passage in Galatian that talks about the fruit, fruit of the spirit. And some of you know this verse, these verses, Almost like the back of your hand if you've grown up in church. If you've been to enough BBSs like we have coming up, you probably sang some song that got these into your mind. I want to remind you the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self control. Self control. Against such things, there is no law. Self control. And ultimately, as followers of Jesus, this flows from our bigger understanding of who God is and what He has done for us in Jesus. If you go back to Exodus 34, when the Lord revealed Himself to Moses, He gave him all these characteristics of what He is like. And one of the chief things that God's people have always affirmed about the Lord is that He is slow to anger, He's slow to anger, it's His glory to be slow to anger, and to be merciful and kind. And then you and I see that most fully in the person of Jesus. Jesus, when he came into the world and humbled himself and took on flesh to be like us in every way, yet without sin, and he went to the cross, and what's one of the most moving things about the gospel accounts and Jesus' trial and his crucifixion? One of the things that the gospel writers note is that Jesus He didn't put up a defense. He didn't try to work his way out of it. He didn't try to get off the hook. He didn't try to overcome his enemies. At every point along the way, think about this. The person who was God's agent in creation came into the world and laid down his life in a very humiliating, in a very public way. In a way that he had every right to be offended in a way that he had every right for his anger to overcome him and overcome his enemies, but he didn't. And He laid down his life for you and for me, and aren't we glad that he did? As we were singing that song, I couldn't help but think, the last one, King of Kings, I think, maybe. We were singing that song and thinking about Jesus laying down his life on the cross. I was just moved to think that, scripturally speaking, I was there, involved with that group, hurling all those insults at Jesus. And rather than being angry and lashing out, he laid down his life for me. So I want to encourage you to think this week as you are moving out in the world. Um, I want you to be prayerful about what it is that causes you to be angry. I want you to be thoughtful about where it comes from, how you act upon it. I want you to be thoughtful about what God has done for you in Jesus, to praise Him that He has been slow to anger with you, and to know that like whatever it is that you're going to encounter this week that would threaten to make you angry, if you can just be patient and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in that, you're going to be so glad that you did. You're going to be so glad that you chose the path. Not of anger, but of kindness and patience and trusting yourself to the Lord. I had an experience just this, this past, maybe two weekends ago. I went to a sporting event. I'm not going to tell you all the details because it doesn't matter. But I was going to a sporting event and on my way over there, I became increasingly mad with every mile that I drove. And there was something that was just welling up inside of me that I felt offended. And It just kind of kept going. But... One of the best things about being a preacher is that you preach sermons on these things. And so I was driving over there, and I was just like, I'm not going to let it get the best of me. I'm not going to end I'm just going to And then on the other side of it. Like the Lord graciously and mercifully allowed me to retain my witness. And some of the things I was even worried about didn't happen. So that I could look back and say, Lord, thank you for keeping me from that. And here's what I want you to also think about. Those of you who, especially who are older and ought to know better, like me, um, just know that, that our kids are growing up in a world that celebrates being strong, that celebrates being really great at athletics, or celebrates being really great at academics, and that often kind of cultivates a culture where it's okay to be angry where it's okay to not show respect for the people who are in front of you and kind of allow that anger. It's even sometimes seen as a characteristic of being a man if you're strong enough to overcome the people who are in front of you. but I've just been convicted this past week that that the stronger thing, the thing that speaks to your strength more than anything, is being able to be slow to anger and show restraint. It's so much harder. It's so much harder than allowing your anger to overcome you. And it's such a beautiful picture of the gospel. And it's so much better than the bad option. So much better. So you're not going to get it perfect. Chances are you're going to be angry this week. But I want you to be prayerful about it in those moments and ask the Lord to help you walk in self-control, acknowledging all that God's done for you in Jesus. And then when you see our youth modeling those things, just praise, just praise it. When they walk in the way that Christ has called them to walk and reinforce and encourage that for their good um, and for God's glory in their lives. I'd like you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are so patient and kind with us. And Lord, there's not one person in this sanctuary who's not wrestled with something like anger in their lives. And who hasn't allowed it to get the best of us? And so we just pray, um, thanking you for the forgiveness that's ours in Christ. And we pray that you would help us to be people who are slow to anger. That you'd help us to be so moved by what God has done for us in Jesus that no offense that we will encounter will ever compare with the offense that you bore on our behalf. And help us to experience the abundant life that comes from walking in your will and your ways. Use us to um, be messengers, to be um, those who herald the good news of Christ by our word and our deed. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. If you're here this morning and you um, have never made a public profession of faith in Christ, then the Lord's calling you to do that. Or if you're looking for a church family and you want to unite with us as a church family where... We want to do our best to wrestle with Scripture and try to be, with God's help, as faithful as we can be in the life He's called us to. Know that we would welcome you here at Mount Rib Baptist. However, that God's leading you to respond, we invite you to do so as we stand and sing. Oh seated just for a second. Um, I want to introduce y'all to my friend, Will Kennedy. Um, Will and I have known each other for a while now. How long have you been married, Will? Two years. Nothing like putting you on the spot for everybody. Um, Lane says three. And see, Lane's going to be slow to anger after this because she has no choice. But um, Will is... um, married to formerly Lane Tucker, um, who grew up in our church and, um, they've been involved in visiting and, um, Will feels like God's leading him to come and unite with us in faith. And, um, so if you would welcome Will to our church family, I want you to let that be known by saying amen. Amen. Um, in just a minute, we're going to make our way out the back. I want you to come by and speak to Lane and to Mamie. Um, their daughter. And so we'll just know that we're so glad that God's led you to Mount Ruby Baptist. We think we're a better church because you're here and that God's given you a sense of gift, calling, talents, influences that we don't have apart from you. And so know that we're so glad that you're here. We think we're better, and we want to be faithful to be your church family to help you grow in Christ as well. And so welcome. All right. You stay here. Alright, Micaiah, come down front. Micaiah couldn't come down front because she was singing. Um, but Micaiah Bolton, our new associate minister of music, who, um, this is her first Sunday, and she's uh, just done such a great job this week being a part of staff. I keep making sure that we're treating her kind enough. She's not going to run away on us. But anyways, Micaiah's here, and so it's, we I mean, don't I always think about it, but when church members, uh, church staff come on staff, we also join the church. So is here. Um, to let you know that she wants to be uh, a member of Mount Monroe Baptist Church and serve alongside. So if you would welcome Micaiah, please let that be known by saying amen. Amen. Micaiah, I think uh, same for Will. I think we're a better church because you're here. So thank you so much for all that you bring here and the ways that you already are um, showing us the spirit of Christ on staff. So we look forward to getting to know you better in the days ahead, and we thank you for all that you bring and um, we want to be a faithful church to you as well. So we look forward to the days ahead. Um, I'm also going to embarrass Carrig. Carrig, if you would just stand up. We just got to know you. Um, so Carrig and Micaiah are getting married in November? In November. So he's it's just only a matter of time before he has to do this. Anyway, but Carrig, uh, I just wanted you to be familiar to everybody and also know that we're so glad that you're here. And we look forward to walking alongside you in the days ahead as well. What we're going to do is we're all going to make our way out to the back. And you're just going to give us a second to do that. And then once we make our way out the back, um, come by and speak. And let these folks know how glad you are that they're a part of what God's doing here in our church. Maybe, Joel, you could just sing that one more time. and we'll... Thank you, Joel. Everybody sing with me. It cool. is well. With my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.